All right, let's open our Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 2. All right, we are going to declare from verse, um, from verse 12. We have about 11 verses we are going to read. So let's start from verse 12 and we'll read to verse 22. Amen? Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Why do we do this? What we are doing is giving our voices, our authority to the Lord. If God declares something in the heavens, he wants us to echo those things on the earth. And once we echo them, what we are doing is to bring the, um, the effecting of the thing that he has determined in heaven down to the earth. It's so important we understand the, the declaration responsibility that we have. So that's why we take the word of God and declare it loudly like this all the time. Please remember, don't just do that here. Do it also in your homes. Any um, a portion of the Bible we take here, you can just take that one for the next two days and repeat it by yourself two, three times in a day. And that um, will be working with God concerning that which he wants to do. So today we are going to do that from verse, um, which verse I say? 12. All right? There are two things we declare. We declare the glory of God. We also declare the judgment of God. When I say judgment now, the working of God on the earth. For example, he has to uproot iniquity. He has to establish the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord indeed. So that's why you see sometimes we just declare the fact that God is great. Other times we declare that God arise and show your greatness. Those are the two things that we do. I hope you're getting my point. So today we are going to do something like that again. And we're taking, taking from verse 12. Let's use the same version all of us. Or I want to let's go. For the Lord of hosts will have a day of reckoning against everyone who is proud and lofty. And against everyone who is lifted up. That he may be abased. And it will be against all the cedars of Lebanon that are lofty and lifted up. Against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, against all the hills that are lifted up, against every high tower, against every fortified wall, against all the ships of Tashish, and against all the beautiful craft. The pride of man will be humbled, and the loftiness of man will be abased, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day, but the idols will completely vanish. Men will go into caves of the rocks and into holes of the ground before the terror of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty. And he arises to make the earth tremble. In that day, men will cast away the moles and the bats, their idols of silver and their idols of gold, which they made for themselves to worship, in order to go into the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the leaves. And the splendor of his majesty when he arises to make the earth tremble. 22. Stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils. For why should he be esteemed? Amen. Amen. What we have done is to declare that God's righteousness will be demonstrated. Amen. In this generation, God's righteousness will be demonstrated. Amen. Say amen like you believe it. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, sometimes... Now, please, let me just pass a few comments. He will talk about... The cedars of Lebanon is talking about people that are powerful. Cedars in Lebanon were very tall. You know, they were things of pride. Very tall trees. Very, um, and when Solomon wanted to build, that was what the king of Lebanon sent to him. To represent pride of man. Represents things that people have achieved. For example, a very wealthy man who makes kings is a cedar in Lebanon. You know, there are men who sit down and decide who will be governor of the state. That's the cedar in Lebanon. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, and the Bible says, 
the day we come is called the day of reckoning of the Lord of hosts against everyone who is proud and lofty and against everyone who is lifted up. The Bible says that that fellow is going to be abased. And that will happen in this nation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I say it again. Every organization, every arrangement of human beings, every political party, every nation, every religious body, whatever they are. I didn't want to use the word church because there are people who claim to be church also. They also fall into that category. Everyone that is lifted against the true knowledge of Christ Jesus is coming down in Jesus' name. Amen. And it's coming down in this generation. I don't mean the next generation. I mean beginning from now, they are coming down. Amen. We declare that Jesus will be exalted. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, the Lord is good. Now we're going to take our seats in a moment. First of all, let's take our declaration of understanding, as we always do. Are you ready? One, two, let's go. Now I declare. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Yes, to His word. Please, can we all rise to our feet and see that declaration again? Hmm? This one that we're doing half asleep. Please ask your neighbor, are you an anointing killer? Ask, ask somebody. Or you're an anointing booster? Are you afraid to ask? You know, I went to preach in one church during the week. I said, please, let's rise to our feet. Some people are looking at me like this. I said, I have to ask the resident pastor, please. Are they part of the people I'm preaching to? They're not looking at me like this. You know, there are times you have to deliberately, <laughs> you have to look away from something before they kill your anointing. Please, help me ask your neighbor, are you an anointing killer? I'm talking to you. <laughs> or you're an anointing booster? <laughs> it's a simple question. Let me tell you, anointing killer. Preacher wants to preach. Look at it like this. Anointing will just go down. Phew. Anointing booster. Even the man didn't want to preach. Once he sees your face, Holy Spirit will come upon him. So I'm asking you, are you a killer or a booster? You're a booster. Huh? If you're a booster, say amen. Amen. I wasn't talking to you. I'm talking to him. <laughs> All right, the Lord is good. Now let's take it again. One, two, three. Let's go. Now I declare. And the Lord has given me this spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Okay. Uh, we have been looking at the glory of um, God, the glory of the... What time what do we give it again? Where is Reverend Felix? Huh? All right, thank you. The kingdom of God and the glory of Christ. That's what I've been looking at. The kingdom of God and the glory of Christ. Please, let's remember... Um, yeah, I was here, I was preaching on Saturday. What it means to give your life to Christ, you understand? What it means simply is that you take his words seriously. It's important to you what he says. Everything he says is important to you. You want to align your life with everything he says. If he says, don't worry about tomorrow, 
It means don't worry about tomorrow. When it says take no thought for tomorrow, take it literally. So when people say, come, what are we going to do in the next phase of our lives? Say, Jesus said, don't worry about it. Okay? Now, it's not about what you feel like. It's about what he says. That's what it means to give your life to Christ. That's what it means to have a personal relationship. That's what we're talking about. To have a personal relationship with him. Now, what I'm going to say is that sometimes we tend to overlook the thing that the Lord said. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The truth is that most Christians don't do that. Now, we seek the kingdom, but it's not first. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, we do seek it, but it's not first. We seek it last. Many times people actually pursue their ambition. Anything that has to do with the kingdom, they leave it till it is convenient. They leave it till later. Now, what should be our issue is understanding how we are to seek the kingdom. But that it should be first, we shouldn't be discussing it. It shouldn't be a topic for discussion in our lives at all. We should just know that this is what we are supposed to do. To seek first the kingdom. And he said all other things will be added. Now you must understand the reason why he said that or what he was trying to get across to us. He was saying that what people normally seek first is the reason why they don't seek the kingdom. I hope you're getting my point. You must understand the way life is. Um, everything, every, the, uh, how do I say this? There are positions in life. When something occupies that position, it displaces something else from there. That's just the way it is. So in our prayer life, something has to be first. So if my promotion is first, the kingdom cannot be first. You get what I'm trying to say here? So there's, there's a principle of first in the scriptures. What you do first is important to God. That's why we're talking about first fruits. That thing is very important. What you do first is important to God. Sometimes we misapply it and think you're just talking about money alone. No. The issue of first is so crucial to the Lord. What you do first in the day. You get up in the morning, you rush about your business. You know, declaring the word of God is not first. You kind of have messed that day up a bit. Do you get my point? And you must understand, life will always present pressure on why you shouldn't do what's supposed to be first. You know, it's something that used to happen in our house until one day I sat my wife down. I said, no, we have to rearrange this house. You know, in the morning, of course, my wife is a very diligent person. She likes everything being properly done. So the children in the morning, they are finishing their homework. Do you get my point? And maybe they're supposed to get to school, let's say, quarter to eight. And so by... Seven, 20 minutes past 7, this is not legal. You understand? We can afford to leave the home just 20 minutes before time. So, they, they will not leave the house. So, do you see these children, they will walk and walk to the last moment. And then, but they've not said morning prayers. When it's time to pray, we'll not start rushing. So, they, okay, okay. Now, you haven't, you haven't prayed, so time to pray. Uh, for that, you know, sometimes, okay, we'll pray in the car. So, one day I said, no, it is enough. You cannot be doing assignments and not pray. You cannot be doing homework and not meditate on the scriptures. So we rearrange everything in the house. You have just one thing, all the children. You have one thing you can do in the morning before prayer. And that thing is to wake you up. It's not because it's less important than prayer. It's more important than prayer. But just, you know, if you just drag children out of the bed, come and pray. Close your eyes to pray. You're just saying, close your eyes to go back to sleep. (laughs) So we just devised a method that, all right, we said in the morning, you either have a bath, or you have breakfast, one of the two. Choose one. Randomly, just anyone. You do one thing, then you come and pray. Then when we finish praying, you can rush the balance of your assignment. You can rush dressing up. I said, why is it that it is a prayer we will rush? Comb your hair in the car. It's okay. Wear your shoes in the car. It's okay. Finish your homework in the car. This is the idea of us. Mommy is driving. Okay, one of you, pray for us. 
Father, today as we are going, God says, all of you are not serious. You leave the, because the most important thing will be first. You know, somebody taught us some time ago on how to plan. It's a business um, planning the person was doing. He gave how to do some um, structural arrangement concerning what you have to do today in a day. He said, first you identify how urgent something is and how important it is. So you can, let's just have four, let's say four things. Number one, very urgent, but not very important. Number two, very important, but not very urgent. Number three, not important, not urgent. Anyway, you, you get my point. I don't know the one I've said now. But I want to go for the number one. So he asked everybody, what's the first thing you should do? All of us agreed it should be what? Very urgent. He said no. That number one on the list should be very important. Very urgent is number two. That the natural inclination of human beings is to do the one that's most urgent first. He said, no, you are supposed to do the one that's most important first. Lest the very important becomes very urgent. Listen to me, it's hard. But you must learn, that's maturity. So in the house, we now agreed that everybody wake up in the morning. The most important thing is prayer and the word. So do whatever you need to do to wake yourself up. For some people, they have their breakfast. For some, they have their bath. That's the children. Then later we modified it and put a particular time. Early in the morning, this is a time for prayer. So the reason was said, look, we should stop rushing it. It is important. We should stop rushing it. Rush to dress up. Forget to talk in. Those ones are okay. I forgot to comb my hair. Fine. It won't ruin your day. But let's gather in the morning and declare the word of God. What is first is very important. What you do first is important. One man, I read his book many years ago about marriage. Well, he wasn't teaching on marriage, but just dropped something. So when he travels and he comes back home, he makes the rule, the first person he hugs is his wife. If the children come first to the door, that's their problem. They will queue. They will wait. He greets his wife first, gives her a warm hug. How have you guys been? Everything. Not on the children. Okay. Say, no, I'm not hugging you people first, please, before you grow up, marry, and leave me alone. <laughs> you know the way it is now. After some time, once they enter university, the days are numbered. So the man said, let me cement my life properly. So no matter what happens, the children will rush. Daddy, 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 daddy. They say, hey, wait, pause. You are urgent. You are not most important. <laughs> you get the logic? So please, let's bear it in mind. So Jesus says, seek first. What? The kingdom. So if indeed we have a personal relationship with him, like we're saying on Saturday, then we should take those words seriously. The first thing in our prayer life must be the kingdom. The first thing in when we are budgeting our expenses must be the kingdom. When we are, when we are applying our lives, our careers, everything, the kingdom should be first, you know, should be priority. What we should be asking is that, okay, and, and that's one thing we should really discuss, right? Maybe have a discussion, maybe one of these Bible study days. We should have a discussion about what does it mean to seek the kingdom? Because for some people, I've heard it taught, it's as if seeking the kingdom is about giving money, offering. That's part of it, but is that all it, there is to it? We should discuss it because it's the primary thing that Jesus said we should seek. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He now said, I was saying that earlier, trying to explain it. 
that all other things will be what? Added. What he was saying is that what displaces or what occupies that first place for most people is those other things. And that for Christians, don't worry. They will be what? Added. Whether you seek them or not, they will be added. Whether you seek promotion or not, it will be added. Whether you seek a husband or not, or a wife or not, it will be added. That the things that people spend their time seeking will be added. I hope you're getting my point. You know, let's take an example. When believers, or when we Christians, we learn maybe to sow, you know, that one we did for a long time until God corrected us and we stopped as a body. I hope we have stopped. Although, yesterday I stumbled in television channel. <sighs> and they were preaching powerfully. A thousand dollars. Somebody's there right now. I was watching it alone. Then my daughter came in to give me something. I said, why are they telling lies? I was so, I was just on, I was sad. Let me not go there. All those that we used to do that is as a body, truly I, I did it. I've not done that thing in 32 years. I've done it only once in my life. One time. Once. Once in your life? Yes. I've only sown a seed once in my life. I'm not saying I've only given once because people they won't hear the rest of it now. To give so that God can multiply it, I've done it only once. Only one time. It was in 1990 or 1989. I just read a book on seed. And I decided to plant the seed. And the Lord was angry. And he said, Banky, you want to go in a direction that many have gone and they have been misled. And you are a teacher of the word. That's what I've called you to be. I won't let this prosper in your hand. And he stood seriously against me. Let me not go into details. There are many of these financial things who say do so that you will collect. I've tried the other one once also. And the Lord again stood and said, Banky, I, will, I refuse. I will not even overlook it just by the way. For most people, he will overlook. Why? You are not a teacher of the word. You are not going to instruct anybody. You are not going to confuse anybody. But when I joined them, ha, he blocked my way. He said, this will not stand. You know, <laughs> you know go and read Ezekiel chapter 20. God said, you want to be like other people? I say no. I will rule over you by force. That's what he told them. Now, what, what, what happened with me is that before that time, so that you won't think I built my doctrine on experience, I already had the doctrine, the truth of God in my heart. Then people introduced something else, just like the Galatians. So God had to stand against those things. In my life, he did. And they built upon the doctrine that was there. I, we already understood that anyway. It just when people added like the Galatian church, when people began to add, Paul had to react. And the Holy Spirit reacted against me personally, all right? But let me not go into that now. So, those days that people used to do stuff like that, so a seed for this, so a seed for that. Do you know you hardly, I can't remember anybody saying, saying well, it must have happened, but I can't remember any, anybody saying, I sowed a seed so that the kingdom of God can move forward. Did you hear that anyway? You can share with me after, you know? You used to supervise seed, so... Did anybody ever come with a testimony that, ah, I thought about it. How do we evangelize this area? We checked all the budget, everything. It was not moving. We didn't have enough money. So we decided to plant a seed. So that instead of needing five million, we all, each of us planted the seed of five, five thousand, and we believed God that that work would be done. And brethren, today, the evangelism was done with less than half of the cost, and we don't even know who gave the balance. Do you know we hardly do that? 
almost every seed is that this year, the promotion that has not come, I am going to break that. Hmm? Is it chain? That, uh, give me a word now. Hmm? Stronghold. And whatever, whatever barrier is holding the limitation, thank you. I'm going to break it with this seed. That's what we do. We, that's what I'm talking about first. We hardly seek first. Hardly. How many people have said, listen, the gospel in my village, there's no church there. I need a word teaching church based in that place. But I've checked out the cost. I can't handle it by myself. So I'm going to plant a seed so that it will happen. We don't do that. I'm sure if we're doing more of that, we'll have grieved the spirit less. But what do we plant our seeds for? I went to preach somewhere. One of the funniest I've ever heard in my life. You know when you're preaching somewhere, people don't listen to you. I finished preaching for three days. One man came and said, so sir, what you are saying now is that if I need a car, I should give out a spare tire. I couldn't believe he heard it from, you've heard me preach. Is these same things I'm, I'm teaching now that I taught then? And what he heard from it was that give a tire, you will get a car. I was just trying to say to people, stop being selfish. Stop thinking about yourself alone. You are a giver, not a taker. Not stuff like that. I said, you are looking for a car. Have you ever given somebody a spare tire? That's what I said. I said, instead of praying for a car, give out a tire for goodness sake to somebody who already has a car but doesn't have money to buy a new tire. Just go to him and say, ah, sir, I see your tire is old, though. Please, let me dash your tire. He came at the end and said, sir, what you are saying now? I'm telling you, he, he bent over me like this. He had a question. He said, what you are saying, sir? He said, if I need a car, I should give out a tire. I wanted to call everybody back and start the seminar all over again. I felt bad. And he was there, consistent, sitting in front. Oh, yes. This guy was there three days. You know what I realized? Please, I'll get back to the main thing. What I want to say is totally off, okay? But the way Jim Woke is looking at me, he likes these off things. You know, he's, he's, he's the reason why he follows Pastor Banky, those off things. The main thing is the second <laughs> Listen, except you deal with the stronghold in your life, God can't talk to you, God can't bless you. Please, that thing I've said, I don't want to spend much time on it. But please deal with the stronghold. Because I've seen it. People can sit for a hundred hours listening to the word of God, supposedly paying attention. But once the stronghold is there, forget it. There is nothing the Lord can do. He can't, listen, that stronghold must be deliberately destroyed. What do I mean by stronghold? Now, that young man I just, I just told you about now, he may be in his heart, he had a stronghold of, I need to get something. My life consists in the abundance of that which I possess. Do you get my point? Without money, you are nothing. In this society, people will not respect you except you have a car. He, those things are in his heart. Let him pray from now till tomorrow. Listen to this gospel for a thousand hours. Except that, as simple as it seems, Except it is broken. Blessing will get there and stop. It will never get to him. On a, look, if God loves him, which he does, he has to find a way to make him see this is a stronghold, my guy. You have to break it. 
You know why they call those things strongholds? They are strong. See, you know, Apostle, you can be preaching on marriage for one whole year. I mean, three times a week. And people are listening to you. You talk about the principles of living in a home with a husband and a wife and children. The principle of this, you talk about the power of God concerning this. And the person is single. He just has one point in mind. I can't marry a man that's not rich. He's lo- See, he's locked in. He's not brought for the meeting. Do you know what I mean? That mindset, he doesn't bring it for the meeting. He keeps it at home. So there's not, preach from, and the person, amen, you lay hands, the person will fall under the power. According to that part of pastor, we saw fall out. Before you touch, bah, under the power. Anointing them. If you say, who will give towards the progress, he will bring out money. She will bring out money. No matter what you say, the person will obey everything. If you say, pray, each day, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon, 30 at night, she will do it consistently. Every instruction you give, the fellow will obey. But that stronghold that says, except the man is rich, I can't marry him. It's inside the heart. You know, the Bible says they tempted God in the wilderness and limited the Holy One of Israel. I've seen it too. I've seen it. Preach for a hundred years. The person will put the messages in the ear, listen to it morning, afternoon, and night. But when it gets to that particular point, the heart seizes, shuts down. And this one, this man is saying, I beg, it's his own. Please, I don't want to spend more time than what I have said. What you can just pray for yourself is that, Lord, every stronghold in my heart, help me identify it because he can't break it by himself. You have to bring it and say, Lord, this is a stronghold. Take. You have to. Please, let me just leave, let me leave it there. Okay, like I said, it will take um, too much of my time if I continue to speak about it. Now, back to what we're saying. So the kingdom, he said what? Seek what? First. That is where we make the mistake. It's not priority to us a lot of times. The glory of Christ is often not priority to believers. What we often do is, Jesus Christ is a blessing machine to us. We come to church, that's where we get the blessing. So we come there to collect the blessing. And if he doesn't give the blessing, we'll go somewhere else. But the, that, that, that Christ himself might be glorified. We need to teach believers to make that their priority. And listen, if you have that, see, I was saying something earlier about strongholds. If you have that mindset, you'll be amazed at how easy it is to do the right thing all the time. I hope you're getting my point. Let us assume as an example. I started a business, business, started one business or the other. And what is important to me is the glory of Christ. Not promotion, not increase, not money, the glory of Christ. I hope you're getting my point. You know, there are certain temptations I can't fall for. I, I hope you're getting my point. There are certain things that I will not be able to fall for, no matter how tempting they appear to other people. But for me, as soon as, because let me give you an example. Let's assume that people, somebody say, okay, let's bribe this person, then we'll be able to do this, and then this business will grow. If my focus is prosperity, if my focus is promotion, if my focus is personal glory, and I'm just using prayer and the word of God to get those things, I hope I, hope I get my point, then that temptation becomes genuine. I mean, it becomes a real temptation. So, for example, you come to Jesus and say, 
turn these stones to bread. Deep inside his heart, I did not come to eat bread. Do you get my point? I came to do the will of the Father. When he said, okay, bow to me, and I will give you all the kingdoms. Satan didn't understand that he didn't come because of the kingdom. He came to do the will of the Father. So each temptation you bring, the will of the Father is the primary thing in his heart. So it's easier to overcome the temptations. But if the kingdom was his focus to get the kingdoms of this world, which eventually got, but if that kingdom was his focus, then the negotiation can go on for long. Then we can start praying. Let's take a man like um, Balaam. In Balaam's case, he had this attitude that, ah, this, this my juju does not work except God commands it to. Now, I mean it literally like that. The juju doesn't work except God commands it. So when they say, come, he said, well, I can't go unless the Lord says go. Let's go and get permission. You know the main reason? It won't work. And he needs it to work. It's not what they're paying him for. So he went to the Lord. The Lord said, you can't go. Ha, he came, guys. He said, we can't go. So they went and brought more money. And brought more important men to come and talk to him. He looked at the money and went back. And said, can I go? The Lord now said, well, since you want to go, go now. Now, you see, what are you talking about? Listen. The Lord has said something to him at the beginning. Which was that the people are blessed. I want them, let me paraphrase it. I want them blessed. They have to remain blessed. So my will on this matter is that they are blessed. So every time you come back to him to discuss, you have not subjected yourself to that will. I hope you are getting my point. Because you should have asked the Lord that you decide to curse them now. But God has made it clear to him, they are blessed people. So you can't go and curse them. But when he saw more money, he said, ah, maybe the problem with God was that the offering was not big. He thought God, like God said, you thought I was like you. <laughs> no, God rebuked Israel like that at that point in time. He said, because you did all of this, I didn't see anything. He thought I was like you. So he came to God and said, listen, the offering is better now. Last time they came with seven bulls. Now they brought 14. Lord, what do you think? Because he thought God was like him. He did not subject himself to the main thing that God wanted. So God said, mm, go. Now that's how God said go to him. Mm, go. You know, call, mm, go. Let's have peace in heaven. Go. The will of God was never that he should go. And that was why that angel blocked him on the road and told him if he had crossed here, I would have killed you. I hope you're getting my point. So if I started that business, like I was saying, and the glory of Christ is a primary thing to me, there are certain temptations that are not temptable. Another invention, I hope you know that. Hmm. To me, it's not, it wouldn't be a temptation because you are telling me to depart from the foundational fabric of this establishment. The foundation of this is the glory of Christ. So you are not helping me. But if, you th- if I thought the foundation was more money, the foundation was employment of people. Now, please, just by the way, now, I'm about to get somebody, okay, three of you. Eh? If in the next five minutes I have not come back to the main thing I wanted to do at the beginning, call me back. I know you, you will never agree. I'm dropping you. Good works, all right, especially towards mankind, is often a temptation for Christians to disobey God. And that's where Satan hides, to drag people away from doing the will of God. 
Oswald Chambers explained something which helped me a lot. He said, Jesus did not come to save the world. And I want Christians to bear this in mind. He said, Jesus did not come to save the world. He came to do the will of the Father. It was the Father that was saving the world. For God so loved the world that he gave. It was the Father that was saving the world, not Jesus. Jesus said, I come in the volume of the books it is written of me to do what? Thy will. He came to do the will of the Father. This is what I mean by good works being a temptation. When God gives instructions, why people obey them most of the times is because that disobedience helps people. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Let me give an example, examination of my practice. You actually hear Christians, supposed Christians, arguing that just help the person now. We're in an exam. We can't, we're not allowed to cheat. This is called malpractice. But the argument is that, hmm, just help him. And they say it's help. But you are going against righteousness, but they call it help. My friend was actually in a Bible school with ministers. Bible school with ministers. And one was talking to another one at the end of the exam. He said, say, uh, let's say the guy's name is Pastor Mike. Say, Pastor Mike. Very soon I'll be preaching love. Just now I was asking you a question the exam or you wouldn't answer me. Then how will you be preaching love? He didn't even realize that it was bad. He was rebuking his colleague. Then how can you preach love when you won't give me help in an exam hall? The church, many times, they get carried away by good works. They won't preach the gospel. They'll be distributing bread. Yes. It's a pro- they'll be competing with Oxfam, with um, WHO, all those people, to do good works. Things that Jesus didn't send them to do. They say if a man is hungry, he can't hear the gospel. I guess Jesus did not know about that. I'm not saying don't feed, people, feed the poor. Do you get my point? Church will invest money. The one that now annoys me is that they now start joining the unbelievers to put it on TV, to give themselves credibility in the society. I've seen people do it before. They now bring television cameras to show that we also, we're also doing good works. As if that's what God sent us to do. It's a temptation. It's a temptation. Satan, what Satan uses is to put the interest of man first. And Jesus taught us never to do that. So people will come to him, say, let me first go and bury my father. And he'll shake his head. I'm adding many things together. Say, listen, you are putting your hand on the plow and you are looking back. I'm adding many things together now. In the interest of mankind, he said, let the, bury, let the dead bury the dead. Once the interest of mankind is first, not the interest of God, you are working for Satan. No matter how good your work is. The interest of man must be executed as a manifestation of obedience to God. And how you know is occasionally they will clash. Many of the immorality they are putting, teaching us in the world, if you check it, is always the interest of man. When they want to legalize things like uh, same-sex marriage, you know, reckless termination of, uh, of pregnancies, when you sit you down and show you how the young girl's future is about to be destroyed by this child, that's what they do. They will explain. They won't tell you, of course, they don't care. What does God have to say about it? What keeps Christians safe? What keeps them on the path of righteousness? 
is to say, what is God's interest in this matter? So let's remember, the first thing we are seeking is what? The glory of God. It's the glory of Christ. And I was trying to emphasize that he said, don't worry, all other things will be what? Added. He said that in a, in a manner that, look, don't worry about it. You can spend the energy on seeking the kingdom. Now, it's our school of prayer. So when we're talking about prayer also, let's not, let's not get back to it. Even our prayer life, it should be in front. It should be our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That's the first thing he gave to us as a prayer point. I talk about Nigeria once in a while. People have been hurt quite all right. And like I keep on telling people, you know, I've had that argument with doctors in recent times, mostly my classmates. And I tell them, listen, they say that, hey, you know, right now doctors are all running to Saudi Arabia. And people say that they are trying to justify it. Now, I'm not saying it is wrong, please. Okay, I'm not. If you are going to Saudi, are you going to Saudi? You are not. Okay. <laughs> Did you go to Abuja for an interview? I'm not against you. Don't worry. <laughs> If you want to go to South people say that uh, there are Muslims there. <laughs> I said, not America. What do you think they are? Think they are Christians there? Let's leave that thing. <laughs> Some of you will go collect visa to go to Israel. Are they Christians there? Are they no Jews there? Them are Muslims. What's the difference? The same thing. But <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to emphasize. It's my argument with people. In trying to justify, they will now say, eh, listen. And look at how the doctor has suffered in Nigeria. I said, that's what irritates me. I said, that's pure arrogance. Everybody has suffered. That's where I'm going. I said, just that you have the opportunity. And Saudi is recruiting you. They are not recruiting the lawyers. The lawyers too are suffering. Yes, now. Everybody is suffering. In quote, you, you get my point? I, I'm going to emphasize something here. In Nigeria, we have, we have had a lot of problems. And one major issue people have had in this country is that each person thinks he's the only one suffering. When I hear the... You know, we are in Enugu here. So when you hear people around here talk, I tell them once in a while, I say, you know, what you are saying doesn't have, go to Benue State, you know you have not seen anything. And I was saying you know, last, last time that, uh, you know, here we are still doing sit at home, even though nobody sent us. Those who started sit at home said they are not doing it again. People still sit at home. It's not their fault now, because salary is still going on <laughs> for many people. Now, you know, I said, like a joke, I said, people you are sitting at home again, they are happy you are sitting at home because if you know the problems they have to deal with somewhere else, by sitting at home, you give them one extra day to face bandits in Kaduna. You see, federal government is not talking about the sit at home. You know why? It's called peace. Everybody's at peace because they have worse troubles to face in many places. Oh, yes. Please, I'm saying that because many people, when they are preferring solutions, they prefer their solution as if they are the only ones in trouble. Do you get where I'm going? The solution is to solve their own problem. So I asked those people, okay, cut the country into many pieces. I said, wait, seek first what? The kingdom of God. All right, good. So how does that, I mean, how does that establish the kingdom? How does that help us with the kingdom? Is it, when you want to pray, just put that in mind. How does that help us with the kingdom? Because if of his increase of his government and of peace, there should be no end. Is it going to become easier or harder across the landmass that we currently call Nigeria? It's a simple question you should ask yourself. See, Satan is very, very tempting. Please call me back to order in another five minutes. I want to go somewhere else. I've left that one, but I've not got back to where you say I should go to. To the main thing I want to do today. Satan is very tempting. I said earlier that he seeks the interest of man, right? There's another thing I should say about it. He seeks your interest also, apparently. Not only should you subject the interest of man to that of God, 
also subject your own personal interest to God's interest. It's important. The gospel that used to be preached those days, not preached much these days, but we have to, of dying to self. Please believe it and walk by it. Die to self. Know what it means to die to self? Throw away your own personal ambition. Throw away your own personal desire for preservation. Throw it away. Because what Satan uses to tempt people also is that self-preservation thing. And that's how they walk out of the will of God. That is how people walk out of the will of God. The idea of, you know, self-preservation. How does this benefit me? Always have the interest of God, the interest of Christ first. Your own interest must be behind. I'm talking about this nation as an example. Ask yourself, this decision. I was going to give an example, that's why I said that. You know, when Satan wants to tempt people and put them in bondage, he puts their personal interest first. Now, what I want to say to you, please, I don't want it to be a matter of argument. Try and stick with the principle of what I'm going to explain, not the physical facts. But I want to bring out something. When Donald Trump became U.S. president, now, what I want to say is not there's nothing wrong with it because we all know it. Donald Trump is an, is an odd human being. Do you get my point? He doesn't follow the normal rules of doing things, especially of politics, especially for that his high office. Donald Trump will be fighting you know, the way children fight. See your head. Your head, your nose, your nose. Donald Trump fights like that. Insults people, you know. He, he never could call anybody's name without, if you're an enemy, you have to call, you have to add something. Ne- Nancy Pelosi was nervous Nancy. <laughs> Just call her Nancy Pelosi. This was the head of the House of uh, Representatives, like we like call it in Nigeria. No, he's Speaker of the House. He, he calls her na- nervous Nancy. Never heard him call her Nancy Pelosi. It was always nervous Nancy. Bloomberg, Michael Bing Bloomberg. He called him Mini Mike. Because the guy is a small guy. He calls him Little Mike, Mini Mike. He calls the guy Mini Mike all the time. Why would Donald Trump do that? Hillary, from the beginning to the end, Crooked Hillary. Didn't have any other name for her apart from Crooked Hillary. I said, why do you do this at your age? If my children do that, they get some twerking. But this guy will be doing it. Now, in that his funny attitude, he didn't mince words about it was hard for him to hide his racist tendencies. Whether it was truly racist or that out of the abundance of the heart, as a man thinks in his heart. Look, this guy was just he may not consider himself racist, but he was. I'm sorry, or he is. And the way most of us judge racism. Alright? Now, for that reason, it was easy, now this is where I'm going, for blacks not to like him. It was very easy. So when it was time for the first election, they went towards Hillary Clinton, but God ruled against it. Second election against um, Joe Biden, current U.S. president, most of the blacks, again, in the, same, in, in the country, moved towards um, Joe Biden. All right? That's what they did. Now, let me say this. I said, I don't want discussion on the physical details, but please pay attention to the spiritual details. This is spiritual details. That's how Satan tempts people. What do I mean? Why do the blacks go in that direction? It's personal survival. That's it. Few people bothered to put the kingdom first. There are times you just look and say, is this man racist yet? He called African countries dash whole countries. Let's not... Um, so that we won't put you into our recording. It was so offensive. But not just African countries, you know. 
even some Asian countries, some Middle Eastern countries like Yemen and all of that, lumped everybody and called them, you know, dash, dash, dash country, countries, you understand? It's offensive, very offensive. But I ask Christians, when you want to vote, just put it down and say, whose interest am I looking out for? If you put the interest of the kingdom first, I, please, like I said, please stick with my spiritual principle. You don't want to come and start arguing politics with me. All right? I don't have the time. But I'm just so, so, suspecting that if you bother to put the interest of the kingdom first, you probably will have voted for him still. Annoyingly, you'll be voting for him and be, you'll be cursing him and voting for him. Just be angry with him. Which was the reason why, when they did the polls, they found that, I saw it in BBC News. BBC News was surprised that they did a poll in Kenya and in Nigeria. The man's approval rating was consistently over 65, 70%. They couldn't understand. We all know the way he behaves. How come you guys are you know, supporting him? They now wrote a reason. And they have learned not to listen to any reason journalists give. They just give their reason without any scientific basis. They say it's because America aids Africa. And that maybe you give $300 million in aid to Nigeria. And maybe another $200 million in aid to Kenya. I actually wrote BBC. I wrote them. I couldn't stand that one. I actually wrote them. I don't know whether they read my mail or something, or noted it, I had to write them that you're talking nonsense. The average Nigerian is not aware of this aid you're talking about. What was the reason why the approval rating was high? Basically because we didn't have, our survivor did not depend on him. We didn't have anything about, you can't deport us, we're in our own country, you're not paying our salaries, you're your police is not going to shoot us. We have our own police shooting us down here. We don't need your police to come and join the shooting. <laughs> Do you get my point? <laughs> so that was not an issue with us. All this fight for survival it was not part of the consideration. So most of us were more concerned about how it, it handled faith matters. So faith matters was more crucial to us than the other matter. So the fact that he literally defended Christians mattered to us. That the, the pastor who was held hostage in Turkey, he made it a national issue. He threatened the Turkish economy. That is, he threatened the economy of a whole country if they wouldn't release that pastor. And within a few days, that man was back home. A man that was held for years under Barack Obama, and Obama did nothing about it. There was one woman, I don't know whether that's what really happened, Asia Bibi, you can go and read about her. In Pakistan, because they said she insulted the Quran and be se- had been sentenced to death. Next thing we knew, I don't know whether it's American pressure or not, but those are the kind of things they used to take to Donald Trump. That this is a, this is a Christian woman in Pakistan. So they said she insulted the Quran. They found torn piece of Quran in her compound or something like that. Next thing we knew was that the Supreme Court in Pakistan nullified the conviction after a few weeks she was whisked out of the country. Those are the kind of things Donald Trump did. Our Nigerian president went to him. You know, he wasn't, it wasn't a cool, you know, he wasn't nice about it. He asked him directly, why are you persecuting Christians? The man had to be defending himself that no, how many need persecution? I don't persecute anybody. <laughs> like I referred to before, first day in office, he defunded all the organizations spreading abortion and such things abroad. He said, no, 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 you can't use American federal money for such things. Once they entered into office, all this suing of Christians that did not bake cake for homosexual weddings 
It disappeared. Until now, they don't bother anymore. Do you know why? Before he left, he put six conservative judges on the Supreme Court bench. He appointed like three. So the, the balance is now strongly conservative. So people realize that there's no point bothering. If you sue, they will just rule. Freedom of religion, freedom of religion. The person has a right to his conscience. They know, so there's no point. In fact, I have my personal conviction that that was the major job the Lord gave him to do. To preserve that country. Now, I've used that to illustrate something. The interest of the kingdom must be set before your own interest in your personal life. In your prayer life. If something will make you more money, increase your business overnight. Increase your turnover from 1 million to 20 million naira in a few weeks. But it will hurt the kingdom. Don't do it. Don't. Don't side with it. Don't want it. If it just cut the kingdom 10%, but give you... Don't even justify that when I now get the money, I will not promote the kingdom. Don't even go near there. It's seek what? First. It's first. It's number one. It's not a secondary seeking. If I want to make business decisions, the kingdom is first. You know, there was one scripture I read the other day. And for me, I still prayed with it today. When something is led to it, I was just alone in the house. And I was meditating, and I got there. And I, when I pray sometimes, you think I'm talking to somebody like, like a discussion. I just, Lord, you see, why I pray this prayer, I made some commitments again. They're not new, just reinforcing old commitments. It's because David said, let not those who seek you be put to shame because of me. The day I read that scripture, eh? Ha. Who knows where it is? It's in the psalm. 69 verse, 9, verse 6. Yes. That's what we mean by seeking the kingdom. You read it? Yeah, you can see it. He said, Oh God, it is you who knows my folly, and my wrongs are not hidden from you. That's verse 5 I read. Verse 6 says, May those who wait for you not be ashamed through me, O Lord God of hosts. May those who seek you not be dishonored through me, O God of Israel. Look at it, it says in verse 6, New Living Translation. Don't let those who trust in you be ashamed because of me. Don't let me cause them to be humiliated, O God of Israel. Can you see a kingdom mindset? It's not about me, God. It's that I represent you. That my life has now been one people will use to describe your kingdom. Describe how Christians are. Describe what Jesus does. So I pray from the bottom of my heart. You know, I like the way David said it. He said, you know my folly. My wrongs are not hidden from you. But my concern, Lord, is please, in the midst of my stupidity, in the midst of my foolishness, may those who wait for you not be ashamed because of me. So what I mean by, what I mean by kingdom praying. That's what I mean by kingdom praying. The other day I was talking with somebody and was telling me something. Something led to it. Ah, and I, it was hurting me badly. There are no man of God. This should not happen. This should not happen. Instead of women to be a problem, go for castration. I'm serious. I'm not joking. Do you see a smile in my face? That's what Jesus said. He said, some have been made eunuchs for the kingdom's sake. Why should you finish preaching to us? And we know you as a minister of the gospel. Then behind, he said, I'll be hide all the women who is coming. Haba. Ah. I beg, I know who can castrate you if you need. Come and see me. Seriously. 
have a number of friends who are rheologists. Come, come, it don't take them five minutes. Yes, no. If your if your testicles makes you stumble, what did Jesus say? Okay, he said, "I." He said, "I." Look at the shape of the eye. <laughs> Honestly, no. But Jesus said it. There. He said, "Some have made themselves eunuchs for what." The sake of the kingdom. That's what he was referring to. But you see kingdom praying here. The man said, may those who wait for you not be ashamed because of me. It's not about me. It's the fact that their hope is in you. It's the fact that their lives, alright, they've given your, their lives to you. You see, you go and read Second Peter chapter 2, verse 22. Let's let just read it so that people, look, that's the reason why when God wanted to judge Jeroboam, he judged Jeroboam for two things. So. The sins that Jeroboam committed and the one he made Israel commit. That one, God takes it very seriously. If you read that second Peter chapter 2, you see something that he said there. You'll see what David was praying against. The effect of those who did not pray that prayer of David. He was talking about people who behave in a particular way. He began... Like that from the beginning, if you go to the beginning of that chapter, from verse 2, many will follow their, it said, but false prophets, from verse 1, now I'm reading verse 1 now, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Say many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, notice that, because of them, the way of the law, the truth, will be maligned. And in their greed, greed, mammon is a terrible thing. In their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Don't you see that around these days? Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. They now described the kind of things that the Lord will do. Now, see, just to get to the point where, where I want. He said, there are stains. Go down to verse 13. He said, there are stains, this is halfway through 13, there are stains and blemishes reveling in their deceptions as they carouse with you, having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin, enticing, now notice this, this is where I was going, enticing unstable souls, having a heart trained in greed, accursed children, forsaking the right way, they have gone astray, having followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who love the wages of unrighteousness. He described in verse 17, These are springs without water and mist driven by a storm, for whom the black darkness has been reserved. For speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they entice. Now, that's where I was going. For speaking arrogant words of vanity, they entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality, those who have barely escaped from the ones who live in error, promising them freedom, why they themselves are slaves of corruption? For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements, are it those people that they entice now? For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them. Now, this point I'm trying to make is this. Look at what they do to people. People 
who are trying to escape from unrighteousness, these evil men take them back into unrighteousness, making the latter end of them worse than the former positions. Now, that's the kind of thing David was saying. Lord, I beg, let me not be the one to lead people back into sin. Let those who are seeking you not miss the road because of me. His concern was for the kingdom. Not for his, it was not for his own personal integrity now. And if you see, when God wanted to judge him in the time of Uriah and Bathsheba matter, he said, because of you, the name of God is being blasphemed among the Gentiles. It was the case of the name of God. You see many things that God would do. He said, for my name's sake, I did this one. It's not for your sake. So anything we are, in life when we are praying, think about the sake of the Lord. Think about the kingdom. It must be your priority. And listen to me. When God said, I will bless those who bless you, bear that in your mind. That is how you tap into that blessing. It's not by praying for a land somewhere in the Middle East. That's not how you get it. The blessing is for Abraham and his seed. The one that loves the church of God, that loves the glory of Christ, is the one who is blessed. That when Jesus is exalted, your heart is gladdened. That is the person that is blessed. That is the person that is, that is blessed. That when evil is going on in the church, it makes you sad. That is the person that is blessed. When you see wrong doctrines, prospering, the people of God being led astray with false doctrines, it makes you sad. That is the person that is blessed. When you have the opportunity to propagate the truth, you go out to propagate it. That is the person that is blessed. Is it, listen. You know that woman, that um, woman of Shunem, that gave to Elisha? You know what she said? I perceive that this is a holy man of God. It was not her own personal interest. Is that this is a holy man of God. Many of us know what we want to do. I want to give to a preacher. We want to tap grace. Everything, we are tapas. We don't know how to give. Investors and tapas. You know what they call Pine Wine Tapa? That's what I mean. You see? <laughs> Instead of people to go and say, okay, I like the work these people are doing. I want to be a part of it. Maybe they say, okay, you know what? If you are preaching on radio, ah, I want it to continue. It's a good thing. Are you getting my point? No, some preachers know where they come. There's a grace on kingdom word. They not give to kingdom so that the grace can move to them. It's not coming. You didn't ask me who we gave to, to get that grace. Nonsense. I preached somewhere, one man of God looked at me. He said, you have some unusual opinions. <laughs> he said, you have some unusual perspectives. I don't believe him. He wasn't angry with me. He, he was just listening as I was preaching. When I finished, I came and sat down. He was a preacher and he said, you have some unusual perspectives. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, we may be laughing, but I really mean it. The anointing is not coming. If you, if you, look, and we have, we've had our experience, not only once, many times. In fact, right now, I think we have like, um, four of our radio stations that are experiencing that. That these people just say, look, put this thing here. First time I went to Akure, and one brother just went, he's from Mondo State, but he used to come for our program in Port Harcourt. So just talked to our tall reverend, Reverend Yinka, and said, Make a long story short. He said he wants to put it in Nakure. So he located a radio station. The only thing we'll do, we'll just tell you, please, don't do the negotiation because you're not in the business. You won't know they will cheat. <laughs> that when they are done with you, you'll pay twice what we will have paid. But we know how to... Yenka does that very well. You, you will drive a hard bargain with them and then we'll get a good deal. So we'll only tell people, please, leave it for us to negotiate. And then another reason is that we've had situations where people started, they couldn't continue. And we had to continue. 
So we we'll go for what we can handle, you know. Those are the two reasons. But that first one is the most important reason. So that's why we got involved. So we did the negotiation. When the guy saw the cost, and God has blessed him financially, he said, ah, this is not bad. So he just paid for a whole year. The broadcast are 10 minute messages three times a week. He just paid them for one whole year. He said, I want my people to hear what you are preaching. And he's not a preacher. He wasn't trying to tap into Greece. In fact, <laughs> we have two radio stations like that in Anambra State. People just came and said, no, 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 we want this. Ah, there's another one. One brother, something happened. He said, no, 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 the more the merrier. He said, no, that thing can't stop. He brought money. Please, keep it going there. And all these people I've mentioned, not one of them is a preacher. Not one. That's how Portacos started too. But some people will now say, ah, I've, I've heard it before. People say, this so into Pastor Banks' radio ministry. So God can give you your own radio ministry. It doesn't work like that. That is not how it works. If you want radio ministry, get on your knees. Make sure you are supposed to have a radio ministry. And start a radio ministry in the small way that you can. It will grow as long as you are faithful. It, apostle, who did we so see to? Can't remember one radio preacher who Kingdom will give a dime to. Can't remember one. Can't remember any radio preacher we gave a dime to. As a ministry. As a person, I give to preachers, but I can't remember focusing on any person that you're on radio, so I'll give to you. No. I can't remember any. As for Kingdom World, we have never done it. We have joined other ministries in doing some things. You know about some of these things. But it's not because they're on radio and they're on air. We just feel like, okay, ah, let's help you. We can help you in this area. We help. But people want to tap. Tapa. So I covet the grace that's upon you. So how do you get the grace that's upon me? You sow a seed. They said Elisha used to pour water on the hand of Elijah. The one that used to annoy me do this, they will come to me and say they want to pour water on my hand. My hand is not dead to you, but just come. And I tell say, this, is, this pour water thing, there's no need. Just sit down and be hearing me teach. Just by the way, for you to understand, it was not the pouring of water as in physical water that was the issue with Elisha. It was that he was always close to Elijah. So he, he saw everything Elijah did. He heard every word Elijah uttered. And if he had to run errands, he was the one that would carry the staff of Elijah if necessary. He was around the anointing. Was not the poly- Some of us now be pouring what they say, they now be giving to one pastor regularly so that his grace will be upon them. Please, if you bring offering, I like it too, but I'm giving you no grace in return. So get it ahead. Don't come and do any negotiation with me. If you want to give me something, give me. Don't come and come and say, if I give you now, your grace will follow me. I'm not the sharer of grace. I hope you're getting my point. Let's get it clear. If you want, in quote, that grace, in quote, in quote, hear the words, obey those words. There are two reasons you give to a minister of the gospel. Two reasons. I've not found a third one. If you find, please come and share it with me. One, simply because he's a preacher. You honor his God by giving to him, number one. Number two, because he has been a blessing to you. And Paul said that, listen, if we minister spiritual things to you, and when he produces material things, ah, come on, what's your problem? Bring our portion. Those are the two reasons. As I'm having the grace, I have not found it in Scripture. I have not found that one in Scripture. I have not found it. But why do you do some things? Because you love, that's where I'm going. You love the kingdom. You want the kingdom to advance. You want it to advance. You want it to advance. Ah, the word that, like the story I told you once, 
one sister was in a particular place doing great work there. But she was working, all right, in a, in a, in a health institution and then doing the ministry work on, by herself in the evenings and on weekends. And the work was moving. Then when Satan wanted to shut that work down, the place where she was working said, well, we can't afford your salary anymore. We're a rural place and we're not getting enough money from the mission. Please, you'll have to take half salary. So when the brothers heard, they said, please, take the half salary. We'll pay you the balance. So a number of brothers gathered together. They will contribute the salary. If the salary, just for sake of talking, if the salary was 200 naira, they cut it down to 100 naira, they will contribute the balance 100 and give to her. Say, please stay there. And her family now came and said that, hmm, I want to marry because she was single. But there was a revival already going on in that rural area. Now, by the time you are getting involved with police, because people are coming to your church, in quotes, just know that you are doing the work of God. <laughs> the work of God. The DPU had had her locked up because his wife was going there and was changing some things in the house. So he used his influence to harass the young woman so that his wife would stop coming for her Bible studies. The woman didn't stop preaching the word. The woman didn't stop coming. Finally, the DPO joined and started coming to say, okay, that's the way you want it. Do <laughs> you understand? The DPO covering that area started coming to the church. You follow his wife with his Bible and sit down and be hearing the word of God. That's the extent of the revival that was going on. That was what Satan saw. He said, well, how do we shut this down? Have the girls, her wages reduced. He tried that. The brother stepped in and said, no, we'll pay you the money that they are denying you. She continued. After I were the family, you know, Satan, I told you, what does he do? Watch out for your interest. They called her and said, listen, these are people marry. You are in this village. What are you achieving? What's your, what about your future? Where will you get the husband? They persuaded her and persuaded her. After much harassment, she left. You know what? The work died. The church, in quotes, that had built in her house collapsed. And the Lord didn't find it funny. She went back to town, married the husband. A few years later, she was dead. Oh, yeah, she died. God said, no, no, no. I can't, I won't, you know, you, you, people were playing with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, no. And people say, Satan, call it anything. Death is dead. You are dead, you are dead. Whether it's Satan, whether it's Jesus, the reason is what matters. He said, where are you? That's what God asked her. She couldn't give God a good answer. So he withdrew his spirit and she expired. True story. Happened not too far away from here. Satan, I was saying, he watches out for your interest. What you should have said to her people, if I perish, let me perish. That my marrying is less important than the kingdom of God advancing. My future is less important than the advancement of the kingdom of God. And with this kind of kingdom advancement that I'm seeing already, no. I remember those days when we were on radio. The first, I was teaching part-time that time at, um, I think it was uh, Newey. Those the early days. So they didn't pay me for a while. So after some time, the money was not much. I don't bother tell you how much you laugh, you will laugh at me. But they now paid like 10 months' salary or quite a number of months together. It came to a tidy sum. It wasn't much, but a good sum of money. At that time, we wanted to go on radio. So what I did was that the whole, the money was shared. My wife had planned for that money. I told her they were going to pay, so she had decided that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. These are the things I'm going to do. So that I said, remember, we're in the kitchen. I just told her, I said, ah, that money, she said what? I said, I think the Lord has need of it. So she just said, okay. She was washing plates or so that they were cooking, but we're in the kitchen. She just said, okay. 
So I shared the money into four parts. Half of it, I gave to the radio station to start our radio broadcast, paid for 10 weeks. That's what the money could cover. All right? The other half, I gave half of it to the person who preached. I was to a tape the day the inspiration dropped in my heart that we should go on radio. So the other half, I split into two. I sent him half of the other half. So about 25% I sent to him. And then the other quarter, that was now remaining now. I, I think, remember I gave my dad part of it, and then we just bought maybe chin-chin and biscuits, <laughs> ice cream. That's how we finished the whole money. That was how we got on radio. That's how we started. Before the 10 weeks was over, you know, I paid for 10 weeks, right? Before it was over, people were falling on themselves to pay. Our marketer in Cosmo FM, one day I came to pay him. He said, no, pastor, remove this amount. I removed it. He gave me um, receipt for the whole thing. I said, I will put that one myself. One young student heard us from, I don't know, uh, somewhere, one university, not in, in Anambra or so, or Zimu, sent us a check then for 5000 We didn't even have an account. Because of him, we had to open an account quickly. That was many years ago. One radio station. Now we're on 24. Now I don't have to put a dime. If I give money to Kingdom World Ministry, just have to pay, ah, you say, put money now. Now we're on 24 radio stations. We don't owe anybody. The only reason is that I wanted to do a shakara overpayment. I, I, I told them, close them down. That was the one in Benue. Move to another one. Nonsense. I said, me? You don't shakara us overpayment money. No. God has supplied so much. We don't owe 24. Not one is free. Many of them, like I told you earlier, some people just come and say, no, let me pay for this, let me pay for this, let me pay for this. But there's no radio station airing us that we are not giving money. Why I tell this story is that after the first few months, when I was hearing the testimonies, when I was hearing the testimonies, ah, that's something that I told my wife. I said, just the first few weeks, self, when testimonies are there flying here and there, the man who was in charge of Cosmo that time. Now, let me say something to you. We got on Cosmo only because he was on leave. He said he didn't want any preachers. So he went on leave for a period. The person who was running the radio station just reasoned that, ah, preachers, they bring money up. That was just his own reasoning. Because the high price they gave us initially, it was ridiculous. So when somebody asked, something made me go back. They, now, they are lowered the price. They said they had an acting MD or GM. When the other one came back, let me explain. Hey, no, we are streaming, so the information we can't give. But the person who owned the radio station, yeah, let me, I can say that one. Some of you know who, who it was. The person who owned the radio station, his sister could not get her pastor on that radio when that man was around. You know the power of the person who owned the radio station? His own sister could not get her pastor on the radio station, but we got him. So when he came and heard that we were on radio, he was embarrassed. Like, what kind of thing is this? Look at the kind of people that I have refused to come on radio. Now, why am I telling the story? The same man met me one day somewhere in New Heaven. And someone just introduced me, oh, this is Pastor Banky. He said, ah, Pastor Banky, thank God for the work you are doing. He began to tell me how great the work we are doing on radio is. He said, maybe everybody should hear this. Then he lowered his shirt, showed me where he was shot by armed robbers. The bullet hit him here. Passed through, came out behind now, if you know enough medicine and human anatomy, you know that was close to death. Some of the biggest vessels in the body run around there, but they missed it. 
He said that, ah, if those boys had heard you, maybe they would not have shot me. That I've told you the story of how much the man didn't want any preacher on radio. The guy who was our presenter, that who used to present the program at the time, will come on. He's now the GM of one of our radios where we broadcast. The first day he met me, I, I was in their compound. He came to give them materials. So I just heard his voice. You know, you just know this is his voice. He has a very striking voice. So I turned. I said, oh, you are so, 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 so pressing. So he looked at me like, uh-huh. I said, oh, sorry. You know, in my mind, I forgot to introduce myself. I said, I'm Pastor Banky. He had a pack of bensin and hedges and matches in one hand. Yet, he went on the floor, grabbed my hand, put his head on it, and kissed my hand. He, did, he didn't know when he did it. I just said, oh, I'm Pastor Banky. The guy held my hand and went on the floor. So I told my wife when I go back home, around that period, I said, sweetheart, whatever it will take, if we'll be the only ones paying for this thing, it can't go off air. And the Lord heard. <laughs> and the Lord said, don't worry, Banky. It won't go off air. The radio station shut down. We went on that radio station. So that's how today, talking about landmass, we cover up to three quarters of Nigerian landmass on 24 radio stations. For those who don't know, we cover as far as Adamawa, Gombe, Taraba, Kaduna, Bauchi. Let's not talk about, of course, as for all the southern states, almost all apart from Lagos is covered. I hope you're getting my point here. Seek first what? The kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Even in your prayer, it is about the kingdom. You should want it to advance. Please forget this tapping, this tapping mentality. Tapa, tapa. Very negative attitude. People don't care about the advance of the kingdom. Some people hear that, ah, husband is on radio, give to the ministry so you get on radio. It's unnecessary. I didn't give to anybody to get on radio. Kingdom didn't give to any radio preacher to get on radio. Kingdom did not. We just trusted God. We kept, as God opened doors, we stepped into, that's what used to happen. There was one marketer we got one time. He would just call every and say, ah, huh. He has got another radio station. <laughs> I want to pay. We will pay. There was a particular year that it was as if the thing just exploded. Every month we're adding a new one. After a while, I just, hey, relax. Let us watch this for the next one year. Let's not max ourselves out financially. But now, that one has passed. The problem now is that every year and that man, they are not talking again. They should grow. That is, they should continue. You are not talking again. What's going on? Tell him to talk, to go elsewhere. Add more to it. The Lord will continue to supply. Uh, you know, for me, the most exciting, not the most, one of the most exciting things I heard, one of the most exciting was the day, was in Makodi, that guy that came from uh, Nasarawa. No, no, he was here. He's here. He came to Enugu here. He came from Nasarawa, though. came to Enugu. So one day was in Abuja. I found out, you remember the story? He went to a car shop. Went to look for motor car. Then he heard one guy talk there. Ah! He turned to the guy and said, No, he was talking. Somebody turned to him and said, Hmm, you sound like you listen to Pastor Vanky. Right on the spot, they, they became friends. They hugged each other like brothers. Because that one brought out his, radio, his phone and showed him that, yes, I, was, I always stopped to talk to this man. 
I hope you're getting my point. That was the reason I told my wife that time. I said, listen, whatever it will take, we can't, that if we have to continue to pay from our pocket, we will. And the Lord heard and said, in effect, that wouldn't be necessary. We're planning to pay for one from our pocket. Now he has arranged payment for 24. And it's only 24 because Reverend Inca is doing taxes. The Lord is good. Now, having said that, what's the principle of prayer? Is to take the word of God, lift it up, and continually declare what he wants to do. My initial plan, which was why I employed Clinton to keep me online, uh, keep me in line, and he couldn't enforce. He tried, though. Let's not blame him. Yeah, he tried. He just, you know, you know what he was operating. He found the scripture that says, quench not the spirit. <laughs> Which people are operating? <laughs> Can you see the three of them? That's what they have been operating. <laughs> the Lord is good. So what, where I was trying to get to is to let us know the glories that God, have, that God has prepared for the church. Anytime God has something prepared, we have the assignment to lift it up. That's why we read from Isaiah chapter 62. Let's just read there again. On your walls, he said, O Jerusalem, what have I done? I have planted what? Watchmen. And what do they mean? What are they watching? There are two things they watch. They watch the promises of God and they watch the experience of Jerusalem. Verse 6. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. And give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Please bear that in mind. That is the job of watchmen. We watch what he has, the praise that he has prepared for Jerusalem. which stands for the church of God. And then we do not give him rest. We continually lift up those words before him in prayer. It is not as if he forgot. What we do is to continually offer our words, our authority. Because the kingdom, that is, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord. But the earth he has given to the sons of men. So we constantly, persistently replace our words with his words. Replace our thoughts with his thoughts. So all we are doing is releasing his spirit. I said something earlier that if Jesus, there's a principle of agreement. You must understand where you can agree. I cannot agree with somebody on what does not concern me. God may answer the prayer, but we really are not operating that agreement principle. The agreement principle has to do with something that concerns me. So my wife and I can agree about our children. My wife and I can agree about our finances. Two of us can agree about Kingdom World Ministries. Two of us can agree about many things. Are you getting my point? But she and I cannot agree about Okemote's finances. I hope you are getting my point. We can intercede for him. But the principle of agreement does not work like that. We can together intercede. But the principle of agreement is not there. If we wanted to agree, we have to bring him into the agreement. 
So two of us will now be one. He will be another. Okay? Even then, it is not as potent as when he and his wife will agree. Do you get the principle here? Okay? So it's important. Now, so there's one particular area we often cause problems. And that's what concerns the kingdoms of this world. We have authority. It's important to us. Jesus has authority. It's important to him. We are members of his body. But we often have disagreement with Jesus before the Father. I hope you're getting my point. For him to release power, for the Father to release power for us to operate, we must come into agreement with Christ Jesus. He will not come into agreement with us. Do you get my point? We are the ones that will come into agreement with him. So he, he says that I died for the whole world, and my name is John Knox. And Scotland is part of the world that he died for. So always he wants Scotland saved. Then I, representing the church in Scotland, John Knox is my name. I get on my knees and say to the Father, give me Scotland or I die. I come into agreement with Jesus concerning Scotland. Do you get the point? That's the way it works. Concerning Nigeria now, you cannot understand. If the church in Nigeria can come into agreement amongst themselves, and then that is in agreement with what Jesus is saying, then the Father will release his power. So how do we come into agreement with Jesus? It's not for each person to go and pray in his house and hear what God is saying. It's for us to take the scripture and from the scriptures decode what Jesus wants. So what we find in the scriptures are the things that God has declared concerning his desire. So the will of God, we said, is the desire of God. Prophecy is not prediction. It's not this must come to pass. No. It is that this is what God has planned. So he says, this I will also let the house of Israel ask me to do for them. That is what I want to do. Then they will ask me to do it. Then I will increase their men like a flock. That's the way it works. So we take the words of God. We keep, keep on lifting them up. Because that's where his will is expressed. That's where his desire is expressed. And that's what prayer is. Is to lift those words up and say to him, this, in fact, I always like this. Just, this is illustrative, even though we've read it many times before. I just like reading it again from Jeremiah, just to show us how prayer works. What I've emphasized today is that we must love the kingdom. Let's just see how prayer works again. Jeremiah chapter 51. We take the words of God concerning his desire for the kingdom and we read them out to him regularly. Let's just see how to pray that prayer again. Now, this prayer is a bit on the negative side, but the principle is the same. Once God has established his will and given it to us in his word, we will do this. Jeremiah wrote many things, and among the things that he, or prophesied many things, and among the things that he prophesied was the plan of God for judgment of Babylon. Yeah, let me just have from verse 58. He said, thus says the Lord of hosts, the broad wall of Babylon will be completely raised and the high gates will be set on fire. So the peoples will toil for nothing and the nations become exhausted only for fire. Now that just to give you a part of what he said concerning Babylon. Now in 59, the message with Jeremiah the prophet commanded Seriah, the son of Neriah, the grandson of Big Name. When he went with Zedekiah, the king of Babylon, to Babylon, in the fourth year of his reign, verse 60, Jeremiah wrote in a single scroll all the calamity which 
will come upon Babylon. That is, all these words which have been written concerning Babylon. Then Jeremiah said to Sariah, As soon as you come to Babylon, then see that you read all these words aloud and say, You, O Lord, have promised concerning this place to cut it off so that there will be nothing dwelling in it, whether man or beast, but it will be a perpetual desolation. He now said it to him in verse 63. As soon as you finish reading this scroll, you will tie a stone to it and throw it into the middle of the Euphrates and say, Just so shall Babylon sink down and not rise again because of the calamity that I'm going to bring upon her and they will become exhausted. Now notice the principle here. The Lord gives a word. The word is written. Then the word is read over the situation. The word is read over the geographical environment. The word is read over the individual. The word is read over the family. The word is read over the kingdom. The word is read over the business. The word is read over the body. Somebody may be sick, may need health. The word is read over the situation there. And then a prayer is offered in reference to that word. And then a prophetic word is uttered. That's what prayer is. Did you notice that? First, there's a prophetic word, and we have that short word of prophecy in scriptures. Then we take the relevant portion. Jeremiah prophesied extensively, but the one concerning Babylon was extracted and prophesied over Babylon. It was read over Babylon in prophecy. Sarah was supposed to do that, and then offer a prayer. So that's the way it is, a revelation, a word that is given, a short word of prophecy that is written. Then we read it over. We extract the relevant portion and read. And then we offer a prayer based on that. And then seal it with a prophetic utterance. And that's it. That's what intercessory prayer is. Okay? That is really how to pray the will of God. That is really how to pray the will of God. You can't pray the will of God until you discover that which is written. That is why studying the scriptures is food also. You know, we talk about prayer being food. And we say there are different kinds of uh, foods. There's carbohydrate, protein, fat and oil, vitamins and minerals, and then water. You understand? All of them put together, you have a balanced diet. And that day, my son answered it was, one of the reasons we read the scriptures is to have words to use in prayer. You can't pray effectively unless you have what the Bible calls acceptable words. I hope you're getting my point. So we are praying for the church of God. My initial plan today was just to, in fact, I extracted quite a lot. I thought we would read for like one and a half hours. Which is why I employed Clinton to ensure that we read. But he decided to obey the scripture which says, quench not the spirit. But we'll still read. Amen? So, I've extracted a number of these scriptures just for us to read concerning what God determined, what Christ determined concerning his church. And let's, first of all, let's just read a few. I'll just read them randomly. And this is going to be a prayer for us. Okay, let's together, let's rise to our feet. Open our Bibles to this book of Psalm 89. We are going to read about um, 19 verses there, quickly, from verse 19, Psalm 89. If you are there, say amen. amen. If you are not there, say, please wait for me. Alright, so we are waiting for some people. In this book of Psalms 89, we will find these words applying actually to Jesus Christ. But actually, we are the body of Christ. Amen? amen. Alright, so let's read from verse 19 together. We are going to read all the way to verse um, 
37. Okay? Alright, one to let's go. Once you spoke in vision to your godly ones and said, I have given help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil I have anointed him. With whom my hand will be established. I am also with strength in him. Go on, 22. The enemy will not deceive him. Please, can you pause for a moment? We are prophesying concerning the body of Christ. These words are about Jesus Christ. We are starting the life of David on Saturdays now. We are going to get there later. One of the things you will find is that the word David is used to describe Jesus a number of times. And this is one of those situations. I hope you are getting my point. So as you are reading this, bear it in mind. You are reading concerning the body of Christ in this nation. Say amen. Amen. These words, we read them over the body of Jesus Christ in this nation. Amen. We say this is the plan of God and it will be effected in the church of God in this nation in the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, so let's continue reading verse 21. Established. My arm also will strengthen him. 22. The enemy will not deceive him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. But I shall crush his adversaries before him and strike those who hate him. My faithfulness and my loving kindness will be with him, and in my name his horn will be exalted. I shall also set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He will cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. I shall make him my firstborn. The highest of the kings of the earth. My loving kindness I will keep for him forever. And my covenant shall be confirmed to him. So I will establish his descendants forever. And his throne as the days of heaven. If his sons forsake my law. And do not walk in my judgments. If they violate my statutes. And do not keep my commandments. Then I will punish their transgression with the rod. And their iniquity with stripes. But I will not break off my loving kindness from him, nor deal falsely in my faithfulness. My covenant I will not violate, nor will I alter the utterances of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His descendants shall endure forever, and his throne as his son before me. It shall be established forever like the moon. And the witness in the sky is faithful. Amen. amen. Now this is the glory that God plans for his church. Somebody say amen. amen. Now I'm going to read it again. They just say amen. Alright. God will give the church help. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The church will be exalted. Amen. In this land in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know what he said in verse 21? He, was, he said, I have found in verse 20, David my servant, describing Jesus Christ there. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He said, my arm also will strengthen him. Amen. So we declare the church in Nigeria strengthened in the name of Jesus. Amen. The enemy will not deceive him, Amen. nor the son of wickedness afflict him. Amen. Every persecution against the church will cease in the name of Jesus. Amen. Those who afflict the church, the Lord will afflict them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen defense for the church in the name of Jesus. Every gathering of believers anywhere in this nation, even though they are surrounded by extremists, even though they are surrounded by wicked people, the Lord will arise and he will defend them in the name of Jesus. 
Because it is written, verse 23, everybody. But I shall crush his adversaries before him and strike those who hate. Read it again. But I shall crush his adversaries before him and strike those who hate him. That's why we said that. So for every believer in this country, safety is your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are in Sambisa Forest, safety is your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. We invoke this word for all our missionaries, all our frontier preachers, Amen. all those who have left comfort and have gone to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, crush their adversaries before them Amen. and strike those who hate them. Amen. Have mercy upon those who will repent. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The loving kindness of God will be with them. Amen. Yeah, I'm reading from verse 24. The loving kindness and the faithfulness of God will be their portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know what he said in verse 27? I will also make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. We declare again, the church in this nation is exalted. Amen. The church in this nation is exalted. Amen. I said the church in this nation is exalted. Amen. Let's read 28 and 29 again. One, two, let's go. My loving kindness, I will... No, sorry, sorry, from verse 27. Let's read from verse 27. My firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. 28. My loving kindness, I will keep for him forever. And my covenant shall be confirmed to him. 29. So I will establish his descendants forever. And his throne as the days of heaven. Listen, when he says descendants, he's talking about individual believers. When he talks about descendants, he's talking about what? Individual believers. You will be established in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes Christians sin against God. You know, we we have done all kinds of things. Especially those of us who are preachers. We have have preached too. Amen? We have said something the Lord did not say we should say. But we are not wizards at end of. We are just backsliding sons. We are just servants that are misbehaving. We are just sons of God that are, you know, disobeying the Father. So this is what God says concerning us. He said, I will punish their transgression with a rod and their iniquity with stripes. Somebody say amen. amen. It's not a bad thing to be disciplined. I hope you're getting my point. So don't feel bad. But this is where you should be excited more over. But I will not break off my loving kindness from him nor deal falsely in my faithfulness. Amen. What are we saying? Father, have mercy. Amen. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. Upon your church in this nation, have mercy. Amen. Upon your church in this nation, have mercy. Amen. Where we have lied with your word. Lord, discipline us. We have no choice. We cannot reject that. But Lord, don't break off your loving kindness from us. Amen. Bring us back and establish us again. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This is what will happen. Many preachers who have habitually lied will come back and say they are sorry. And then the church will grow. Amen. And then people will be established. Amen. And it will be as if they never seen it in the first place. Yeah, that's what God does. When he forgives, you wonder, when did I ever go wrong? <laughs> that's how he does his forgiveness. And we receive the abundance of mercy in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That will be our portion in the church in this nation in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, where's that verse I was reading just now? Hmm? Yeah, that's 30... 33, yes. Again, it says, 34, My covenant I will not violate, nor will I alter the utterance of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. He was talking about Christ Jesus. His descendants shall endure forever. Say amen to that. Amen. His descendants shall endure forever. 
you will be established forever. And his throne as his son before me. In the name of Jesus Christ. You know what this means? Nobody can annihilate the church in this country. Listen, it's, it's a done deal. You know why? Because the word has gone forth from his mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. And what we are just doing is establishing that word again. So we say concerning the church in this nation that they shall endure forever. Like the throne of Christ, they shall endure forever. As the son is before the father, they shall endure forever. In the name of Jesus Christ. What does God say the church will do? Let's open our Bibles again. We'll just read a few of these and then we'll close. Um, Let's read this one again. Uh, Isaiah chapter, uh, there are so many of them. Let's just go back to Isaiah chapter 2. There are so many of them which I planned to read, but. All right, are you in verse 2? Chapter 2. In verse 2. This is the word of the Lord concerning the church of God. And we are applying it specially at this time for the church of Christ in this nation. If you are there, say amen. Amen. Now let's declare it together. One, two, let's go. Now it will come about that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. And all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion, and the word of the law from Jerusalem. And it will judge between the nations, and render decisions for many peoples. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they learn war. That is our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. The church of God will be exalted. Amen. The church of God will be glorious. Amen. It shall come to pass that when somebody is at, you know, identified as a believer, they will know he's an honest person. Amen. Yes. They will know the word of God is in his mouth. Amen. Listen, the law will come forth from Zion. You know what that means? We will decree a thing in this nation and it shall be established. Amen. What are we decreeing? Corruption will stop. Amen. What are we decreeing? Violence will stop. Amen. What are we decreeing? There will be stability in this nation. Amen. There will be peace in this nation. Amen. There will be peace in this region. Amen. There will be peace in every region of this country. Amen. We will live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. Amen. That's the law that we are decreeing. It says the law will go forth from Zion. That law is going forth from us now. We say peace upon this land. Amen. Say amen like you want it like that. Amen. We declare peace upon this land. Amen. We declare prosperity upon this land. Amen. We, de- de- we declare progress of the gospel. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Those who try to establish iniquity, they will not stand. Amen. If anybody proposes a law against the law of God, it will not stand. Amen. In the National Assembly, it will not stand. Amen. In every state, it will not stand. Amen. In every state assembly, it will not stand. Amen. The church will receive the power of God according to this scripture. Father God, empower your people so that the law will go forth from Zion. Amen. From here, from this Zion, we declare these decrees. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We say Jesus is exalted. Amen. And everyone that rises up against him is brought low. Amen. That's the way it is. Quickly, let's read Isaiah, um, Psalm 2. 
We may not close with that. There's one more we must read before we go. All right. Verse, uh, we're going to read the whole of Psalm 2. No, sorry, not the whole of Psalm 2. Yes, the whole, 12 verses. Are you there? Yes, Paul said, give attention to reading. That's what we are doing. Want to, let's go. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the law and against his anointed say, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cause from us. For he who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have restored my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, that he not become angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Now therefore, O presidents, show discernment. O governors, show discernment. Take warning, O political heavyweights. Everyone in high political office, take warning. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. You know what means to rejoice with trembling? You win an election. Say, hey, 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 relax. The Lord is now watching you closely. I hope you are getting my point. The Lord is now watching you closely. Before you party, remember many, many take care of us. You know what they were doing, party? Uh-huh. So we declare in the name of Jesus, the fear of God upon every ruler in Nigeria. Amen. The fear of God upon every ruler in this nation. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We say it again, Jesus is exalted. Amen. He is Lord. Somebody say, say he's Lord. He's Lord. He's the King of Kings. He's the, King of kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of, he's the Lord of heaven's armies. He's the, Lord of heaven's armies. He's the victorious Lord. He's the victorious, victorious King. He's the victorious king. He, has he has overcome. And we have overcome with him. We have overcome in him. Declared his church in this nation. Is an overcomer. His church is an overcomer. It's an overcoming church. We are a victorious church. We don't have any other plan. Victory is our only plan. Of the increase of his government, say we decree. Say the law will go forth from Zion. And we decree this law that of the increase of his government, and of peace in this nation. There will be no end. Say tomorrow. The church is greater than today. Next week. The church is greater than this week. Say next year. More territories are conquered for the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Say the gods that did not make the heavens or the earth. We decree to you now. 
remember the law is going forth from Zion. Remember the law is going forth from where? Zion. From Zion. So we decree to those gods. Say that. We decree to those gods. You did not make the heavens. You did not make the, heavens. You did not make the earth. You did not make, the earth. You did not make anybody. You did not make anybody. You did not make this nation. You did not make this nation. Therefore, Therefore, perish from off the earth. And from under the heavens. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every God that is exalted against the Lord Jesus Christ, the law is going forth against you. Be destroyed. This is a time of your judgment. But the church is exalted. And Jesus is glorified. Give the Lord thanks for that. Just give the Lord thanks in your own words. Say, Lord, you are exalted. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. He said, in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms. But it will itself endure forever. If you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. Let me read it for you again. I'm reading from Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And that kingdom is that of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that kingdom will not be left for another people. No matter who rises up against it, they are going down. He said it will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms. But it will itself endure forever. Amen. If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. He said, upon this rock I will build my church. That's that kingdom. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Of the increase of his government and of peace... There shall be no end. We decree it. We decree it. Of the increase of the government of Christ Jesus and of peace on this land, there shall be no end. Amen. The church will arise again and manifest the glory of God. Amen. It will manifest the glory of God in his power. Amen. Yes, the power of God will be manifested again. Amen. Listen, get ready for it. You're about to start seeing things. We'll, decree, we'll discuss that one next time. What did I say? Get ready. You're about to start seeing things. Let me just give you something to do. Anytime you see the sick, Rory to lay hands on him. You will see miracles. One day I'm going to get a call from you. Excitement. Pastor, Pastor, I didn't know it happened so quickly. I just said, relax. You ain't seen nothing yet. That's called the fourth taste. And you also see some bad things. All the false prophets. You will hear stories. One day you just start hearing them. All those channels just slow down one after the other. I saw one the other day. Apostle, you have many cousins like that too. That one has a bad day. Delivering people. <laughs> no glory to Christ Jesus. It's all this Obanji spirit and the pastor. The two of them, they share glory. All of them will come to an end in Jesus' name. Amen. But Jesus will be exalted. Amen. And his name will be hallowed again. Amen. His name will be glorified. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's all give a lot of thanks. Let's thank you for the word that we have heard today. Let's say, Father, we thank you.